And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Spin Ring presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. That's right. This is Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and whoa boy! Are we excited to talk about your Toronto Blue Jays here? What a wild weekend in Baltimore, Maryland. And there's no person on earth better to talk about this wild weekend in Maryland than the co-host of Spin Rate covers the Toronto Blue Jays, is actually right now in Maryland. Caitlin McGrath. Caitlin, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Honestly, wild. I know you've recorded a podcast since then. I'm not sure if you guys really talked about the Yankee series. Um, But I would say not only a wild weekend, but just like a pretty wild road trip, I would say. A wild road trip that was preceded by a wild the wild comeback against Oakland and a wild weekend there. Uh, the no, never count them out. No quit. Never sleep on the blue Jays. Uh, blue Jays boy, there is a lot going on. So before we get into talking about all that, we'll do all the housekeeping stuff, which is to say that if you want to read what Caitlin had to say about this wild road trip and the wild series before it, You need to make sure that you subscribe to The Athletic. And to do that, if you have not yet already, if you have, good on you. You're probably already reading what Caitlin writes. If you haven't, now's the time. Go to theathletic.com slash spin rate. Subscribe to The Athletic. They'll give you a tidy discount, maybe even 50% off for the whole year. And then you can read all of the beautiful tear-stained coverage of all the other. That's not really how The Athletic does. But you can get a... a lot of contact high off of the, the misery that surrounds the other teams as they fall apart. And the Blue Jays um, gel like a beautiful plastic explosive. Anyway, subscribe to The Athletic and then subscribe to the show. Subscribe to this show, Spin Rate, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and we have ourselves a good time on this show. Talk to Arden Zwelling this week. Of uh, He's the co-host of At The Letters, a rival podcast. If you listened he told he gave a bunch of terrible advice. He told you to to unsubscribe to the show and unfollow me uh, on Twitter, which is a bad idea. Uh, you shouldn't do that. But you should listen to Spin Rate and uh, and at the letters and read what Arden writes. Anyway, we had a good chat. We've had a lot of great guests this season. We got lots more lined up into the future because the future for anything and everything surrounding the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm doing like like uh, actions here. I'm acting it out. Caitlin's not paying attention because I'm riffing and monologuing. But I'm like, it's very performative right now. Um, but yeah, the future is bright for the Toronto Blue Jays. The immediate future in terms of like what happens today and tomorrow, extremely bright. After an insane weekend. Talk about bright. How about those 
Fireworks in Baltimore. Kaboom! The Blue Jays, who were three outs away from being no hit in the seventh inning game, went on to score 11 runs in an inning. Then they woke up the next day and decided they were going to score 22 runs in a game, including 10 runs in another inning. Insane. Caitlin, what else is there to say about the Toronto Blue Jays offense, especially when it's being fed Baltimore Orioles pitching? Yeah, this was, um, you know, there's so much to talk about from these three, four games, sorry, four games in three days. I mean, firstly, before we even get into the Saturday and Sunday games, you know, the Friday game had all this drama, um, especially early on when you had Orioles manager Brandon Hyde upset at Robbie Ray and obviously, um, you know, very angry, uh, very salty language coming from the, the Baltimore Orioles dugout from their manager. And then you had Robbie Ray kind of um, fired up on the mound as well. Um, and it, I mean, it really kind of just lasted that second inning. It didn't really spill over. And the, the, there was kind of some moments in that game where you thought, oh, could it get a bit fiery here again? Like when Lourdes Gurriel was like body check trying to run to um, the home plate. And, uh, but, you know, nothing really spilled over. And then, and, and yeah, and then the Saturday game was another weird game. Like the Orioles, as much as they are not a good team, the reason, the primary reason why they're not a good team is overwhelming their pitching staff. Like their offense can, you know, hit. Like they have been hitting well, um, somewhat recently. I think even before they faced the Blue Jays, they took two or three from the Yankees and obviously the Yankees weren't playing very well, but, um, so the, um, so the offense, you know, the, the Orioles offense was hitting the Blue Jays pitching pretty well, which was like a pretty stark contrast from uh, Yankees the series before. And um, and then, like, I don't know what happened in that, you know, Saturday game, but the Blue Jays just kept chipping away and chipping away as they typically do. And you're right, like having being able to kind of tee off of the Orioles um, pitchers helped. And... George Springer was the hero again. It was very reminiscent of that Boston game. Obviously, major differences of like being on the road and it was a seven inning game. Um, but just like having George Springer come up in a big spot and absolutely deliver. Um, it was so reminiscent and it was his another big moment for him. And he hasn't, um, had as many big moments because he's been dealing with the injury and stuff. So, um, that what game was, it just turned so quickly. And then, of course, you have 30 minutes later, you have this other game where the Blue Jays are then getting no hit by Keegan Aiken, who, for whatever reason, um, even though he has a 7 ERA, the Blue Jays cannot solve him. They've He's been giving them fits all year. And it was funny because there was Keegan Matheson for MLB.com and Shai Davidi for Sportsnet were there with me and we were in the press box. And like, I know all of us were like, you know, getting our Blue Jays have offensive explosion, uh, come back to win in first game, then get no hit in the second. What, like, how symbolic <laughs> of the Blue Jays 2021 season is these two games, right? You know, they can sc- score 11 to win by one, but can't score two to win you know, so mm-hmm. um, in the same day, in the same day, and then that story writes itself. There you go. Exactly. That's I had that story ready to go, and then the Blue Jays just came out. Vladdy hit the single, and then it was just 
I can't even like it. I can't even describe really what it was. It was just so like I've never seen anything like that. And I know that there's been a few games this year where I've said like this is probably the best game I've seen, and this is probably the best game I've seen. We talked about you know the Boston game where George Springer hit the home run, Oakland game uh, a week or so ago with Marcus Simeon and that comeback. And while this game I don't think had the sort of drama and the stakes, but what they were able to do was like eleven for eleven. Um, and a sacrifice fly after they had basically only had, I think, three base runners the entire game and had, had, hadn't had a hit. And they scored 11 runs in one inning. Like it was, it was just so wild. And to, I was la- like, I was just like laughing in the press box. I was like, what is like, what is this team? Like, what is happening here? <laughs> like, how, how is this even happening? It was just like, it was, you got to a point where it was like, you couldn't even believe it. And you kind of just had to laugh like what this team is able to do. And then of course, Sunday they come out and they score 16 in the first three innings. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just been uh, uh, kind of a, you know, I, I think that if, even if we were talking like a week or so ago, like I, I think we were talking about, you know, all these games are very important for the Blue Jays, but I don't know, like to put up this level of offense, especially coming out of the month of August where they were just so sluggish and you really started to worry, like, are these guys feeling fatigued? Like, what is going on with this offense? Why aren't they scoring um, in the seventh inning beyond? Like, what is happening here? And they have just, like, shut down those storylines to open this month. And, of course, there's still, you know, a few weeks to go in the season and there's still 19 more games. And a lot of those games are going to be very important as well if they want to make the playoffs. But... I mean, starting September, like, 11-1, and one, like, you really can't ask for a better start to the month. You would be an insanely greedy, selfish person to say that. And and, and that's the challenge with, with this, and, but also the challenge that they have somehow uh, answered. Because at the beginning of this series, I made some joke about, like, you, you know, you got to get out there and you, you got to sweep the Orioles. You got four games, you got to sweep them, which is, like, a crazy thing to expect. But they still ended up winning three out of four, and in, and one of them in the most like bizarre manner imaginable. We'll be right back with more spin rate. But first, check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. That Friday night game with the Robbie Ray thing was really interesting. That was like garbage from Brandon Hyde, like just trash. And I saw a few different – my guess was – excuse me. My guess was that – that because Robbie Ray was getting hit pretty hard. It was not a good start from Robbie Ray. So there was some thought that maybe the, that, that the 
Orioles were picking up on something. They had, they were either exchanging data or, or not data, but like sharing information from, from second base or from where somewhere else where they were able to, to, to tell what he was, what was coming. And they were sharing that, that data. Somebody else suggested that maybe, um, Brandon Hyde was, uh, was complaining about the strike zone a lot. And then, and then Robbie Ray told him to just like shut up and then he got mad. One thing I would say. So one thing I, I, I will take exception with that you said, which is you made you, you said something like Robbie Ray was kind of hot on the mound. I think the craziest thing about that and the thing that makes me, you know, Robbie Ray is a very, he's a beautiful man, but, uh, he wasn't hot at all, but he was like, okay, let's fight. Like he was calling him out onto the mound, but as cool as you like, like he did was not red assed. He wasn't throwing his glove down. He was just like, okay, come on out then which is a red flag. Like that is a crazy person that you're dealing with and you don't go and fight that guy because he will kill you. And then the same thing later on, like a sociopath because he strikes out whatever chump Oriole batter that came to the plate and he doesn't like scream and yell and wasn't pointing back at the dugout and trying to like let Brandon Hyde know what time it was. He just stomped off the mound. Again, like a sociopath, scary, good. He's on the Blue Jays, bad. Brandon Hyde, he's going to show up at your house in the winter. Just an FYI. But then, yeah, like just situation after situation where the disgraceful, like if you're a Blue Jays fan, you got to love to see that the Orioles are this bad and they're there laying down like dogs as as the Blue Jays kick them for, for the better part of, uh, of a week of a weekend. But like, that's such a truly awful team. And, And the Orioles, like, yeah, I think I compared the Orioles of this time to, uh, the, the previous, like the 2012, 2013, 2014 Astros, where they were lost a hundred games three years in a row. And like they had one, what one salvageable piece that came out of that sort of thing, right? Like Jose Altuve was like, Oh, this little guy that we trotted out there, you know, he can play. And I feel like that's Cedric Mullins in a lot of ways, right? Like Cedric Mullins is the thing that the Orioles would be like, oh, the next good Orioles team probably have Cedric Mullins on it. Austin Hayes can run into one every so often. Uh, and the, uh, the Mount Castle is like, he, he's a thing, right? But some of the rest of the, like the guys that they were running out there are so bad. It's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment to the sport. It's an embarrassment that 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 they, the Rays went 18 and one against this team. It's a joke. Like, it's the disgrace. Like I, I was watching it, rooting for the Blue Jays, excited for them to win, but also being like lamenting the death of competition as we know it, because the team is that they're playing is outwardly trying to be as bad as possible, running out these trash below, sub replacement level pitchers one after another, and I'm watching it, being like, what the, like why don't they just forfeit? Like just forfeit every game, lose nine nothing, t- take their losses, and get the first pick in the draft. The the Rangers don't have the guts. To do that in, or, and then now that the Diamondbacks in their pursuit of the first pick, overall pick, it's trash. It's so bad. There's people there. There were so few people at the end of, of the, of the, the 11 run inning when the, when, <laughs> so the Blue Jays score 11 in the game, in game, uh, in game two of the, in, in the seventh inning and the Orioles still have to come up to hit. And it honestly sounded like one of the games from last year when there was nobody in the stands. You could hear everything. Because they, everyone else just, after six hours of fucking Orioles baseball, they were like, I'm going home. This is garbage. They're an embarrassment. It's, it's truly embarrassing. But hey, if you're a Blue Jays fan, you take the W and you walk away. And they come back out and they give up 22 runs the next day. Like a true 
true embarrassment to the sport, to the idea of the sport, the general manager, like, it's embarrassing. It's, it's truly embarrassing to, see, to watch it happen in real time, to watch the Blue Jays have to, and all these teams have to play this. The Rays, 18-1, I'll never get over that. I'll never get over the fact the Rays are eight, have won 18 of 19 from this team in one year. It's a disgrace. They're a disgrace. But hey, W's. W's three days. But I guess that's my next question for you is like, what do you, what can you make of all this? They're playing a team that's so truly fundamentally like rotten from the core. So again, we, from the, from a team perspective, it's like, hell yeah, they got these wins. But from like, can, like, are we, are we like, okay, well now Lourdes Gurriel is the best hitter in the league and, and, and Teoscar Hernandez is, is, is a stud and Danny Jansen forgot how to get out. Like, is any, is there any reason to think any of this is real or to get excited about any of these individual performances because the team they're playing is so unbelievably bad? Yeah. I mean, because, (laughs) (laughs) because I'll go back and say like, it's not like it was just the Orioles that happened. Like, I know we've talked a lot about the Oakland series and like, yeah, the Oakland bullpen is like kind of a mess right now, but they're not the Orioles pitching staff. And then the Yankees, you know, the Yankees have a good bullpen and the Yankees have good pitching overall. Like pitching has not been the issue in New York and the Blue Jays, did not trail for a single second over four games in Yankee Stadium. Like, and the contributions from those wins came from across the lineup. Like, you had Kirk having a, a game, right, where he, um, against Garrett Cole, looked really good. And then, you know, Marcus Simeon obviously was hitting really well. Vlad was hitting well. Um, they won those games without George Springer. They won most of those games, three of those games without George Springer in the lineup. Um, you know, the contributions, Lourdes was playing really well still like you know everyone was contributing um in that series and then it just really rolled over to um baltimore and like honestly the baltimore games were actually a little bit tighter like they just they weren't if you look i don't know exactly and i don't know off the top of my head but if you look at the like i said in the yankees um in the yankees series um blue jays didn't trail at all and then in the first two games First three games, of sorry, against Baltimore, the Blue Jays were trailing most of the time. <laughs> um, obviously, they turned it around and had those comeback wins on Saturday, but it just shows you kind of how silly baseball can be um, and, and how just things work like that. Um, but no, like I, I honestly think, like I hear what you're saying about the Baltimore pitching staff, and like they are, they are not a good p- pitching staff. And like you know, I talk to Dan Connolly a lot, our um, Baltimore Orioles writer. God bless him covering this team for a long time, um, especially this season. Um, and, um, you know, he's written about this. Like, he's written about the fact that you look at the Baltimore Orioles, um, like, their farm system, and there there are some pieces there that, you know, they're good pieces. Um, the catcher, Rushman, and they're, I don't know all, all their prospects, but – you know, there's some good position player pieces there, but hit the pitching depth is just not there. Like the pitching prospects are not there. They don't have a ton of pitching depth, like obviously on their roster right now. And he wrote a really great piece um, a couple of weeks ago, just kind of questioning the rebuild. Like, you know, what is, 
you you are in the midst of another terrible season. It's you're not really coming out of it anytime soon. And sure, you have these like prospects who, um, you know, are ranked fairly high, but. Pitching is kind of how you have to build a good organization. Like you have to have a farm system, you have to have a pitching pipeline and and they don't really have that. Um, and so, you know, that, that is a big concern. And actually it's funny because Dan and I were like talking today just about like the differences between the Blue Jays rebuild and, and the Orioles rebuild. And, you know, you just talk about the Blue Jays kind of just immediately complimenting their young core. Um, and, and it's, completely accelerated the rebuild you know like adding guys like Marcus Simeon and adding guys like George Springer and Ryu and you know all those guys just totally accelerated the rebuild to the point where like both the Orioles and the Blue Jays were dismantling their rosters in 2018 and look where the Blue Jays are now in 2021 and look where the Orioles are um it's you know a pretty stark difference um but back to the point here is that yeah, I mean, sure, you can you can still take um, a lot of positives out of this Baltimore series. You know, one is that they they came back to win those games, and like, sure, they're not facing elite pitching late in innings, and so maybe coming back in those games is a lot easier than it would be. You know, coming back against I don't know a tougher bullpen. Gosh, I don't even know what what's a good bullpen right now. Like it's like it's so up and down. I feel like teams that had good bullpens, like the Red Sox, don't have a good bullpen anymore, and the Yankees, like whatever's going on with Chapman, I don't know what's happening with him. And um, yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> He's in a really sticky situation. The, I guess Chapman. the Ash. I think the Astros have a good bullpen. I mean, the Mariners have a good bullpen. They're not playing the, the Mariners, Mariners had a good bullpen until they get traded the best player to the Astros. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, so uh, yeah, the series against Baltimore, are they going, are the Blue Jays going to score 22 runs against the Rays on Monday? Unlikely. Um, but you know, I think that overall you see this performance and you just see like a lot of guys are hitting. That's a positive. There's obviously a momentum. That's a positive. You know, they are, um, they are just, they've surged up the standings. You know, that's a positive. Um, the starting pitching was really good in New York, not so much in Baltimore for whatever reason. Um, but you know, overall the, the bullpen was excellent in New York. In fact, they, until Nate Pearson let, let, um, those two kind of meaningless home runs at the end of the last game, um, they didn't allow a run, which is, you know, really, really good for this bullpen and starting pitching was really good in New York as well. So I think like pulling back and not just focusing in on the Baltimore series, but just like looking at the trip overall, like it's a, it's a great road trip for the Blue Jays. I think what was it seven and one? Yeah, they've only lost one game in the last however long. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Seven and one. Four games in the in New York. Obviously, the first sweep of four game sweep of the Yankees um, by the Blue Jays since what, like 2003 or something? That I see. I know, I know that Kelvin Escobar was prominently involved last time that that happened. Uh, you're right. Obviously, I'm I'm so disillusioned with the idea of tanking and these teams that are tanking and how the 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 American League is so top heavy and then also just so like completely there's no bottom um, that it's a, it's a little bit disappointing. But uh, there are a ton of positives. One really positive uh, is obviously Danny Jansen. Danny Jansen had a monster game. You know, on a team that scored 22 runs, it's easy to do. But he he had a great game. Three doubles uh, here on uh, on Sunday. Four for six. He is uh, he has been the Blue Jays' best hitter in the second half by what Rady runs created. Plus, of course, he's only played nine games. But even the last two weeks, 
last two weeks, he's, he, uh, he has better numbers across the board than Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Marcus Simeon, um, in a, in a, in a smaller sample because the, the backup guy behind him or the other guy behind him, Alejandro Kirk, in the last two weeks, is oh my god has like a like more like his ops is like 1045 he's got twice as many walks as strikeouts in the last two weeks alejandro kirk uh this series is going to bloat some of those numbers and it's the small sample stuff is going to kind of blow all of our minds but uh you know when you've got danny jansen who obviously had such a rough start to the season and then was injured but has really started to looked apart um, in the kind of chunks of time that he's been back and been around. Uh, Alejandro Kirk swing a great, great bat to the point where they're kind of get him in there, in there at DH. George Springer, which you talked about again, um, uh, like we can be honest and say that George Springer looks fucking awful uh, by and large until those two at bats, like kind of coming down the stretch on, uh, on, the, on Saturday, the first game on Saturday. Uh, I was like really worried. I was like, man, George Springer looks done is that his exit velocity has been trending in the wrong direction uh he's grinding like he's hurt he's not healthy but then he ha- comes up with so a couple great at bats and like has a great game in in the first game on saturday so you can't really fault it even though he has struggled a little bit um it's teoscar hernandez obviously hitting home runs but like lourdes Gurriel jr has taken his game to such an absurd other level right now and the zoobs Andrew Zuber, friend of the show, friend of yours, friend of mine, he he, he tweeted something this morning, or this afternoon, that was like, when Lourdes Gurriel is going, it really makes the Blue Jays seem like they're unbeatable. And I and I, I maybe unbeatable is obviously a strong word, but like when you add that dimension on top of like the very high floor of the of the Simeons and Guerreros and then Bichette and Springers, like that's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot of offense and a lot of guys that you have to be very very careful with and Guriel again a, a very aggressive team and a very aggressive hitters but like I don't know what like what 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 can we chalk up this this Lourdes Guriel run to is there anything you know, I don't know if, if you uh the, the reporters have had a chance to to talk with him or talk with Charlie about him or anything like that but like he's just hitting everything and it is insane this is, a, this is an insane streak even for him the streak is hitter around yeah, I mean, we've talked to him a little bit, and he hasn't really divulged much details other than just to say that in the last, I don't even know what the timeline would have been, but you know, at some point, maybe into the second half or a while ago, he just simplified his approach, and you know, whatever that means, I don't know what the approach and like what he was doing before, but he just kind of like simplified everything, um, and obviously that you know, maybe if I had to guess, it would be like he's gone back to what he was doing before he's gone back to something that was familiar and he just kept, you know, keeping it simple and whatever it is and like, whatever the advice is. And like, um, that to me is kind of, um, how, how he's described it. So it's hard to say like, and you're right. Like these tears he's, he goes on, um, they are, you know, not infrequent. They seem to happen, but this one has been, um, going on for quite a while now. And it's also just a really incredible, um streak to be on i mean he's also really good at hitting with the bases loaded (laughs) he's has four grand slams this season which is a franchise record um he's had two grand slams this month alone um that's crazy and gosh he had like he had the chance to get another one today he didn't he walked um but 
that would have been crazy. Um, but yeah, like he, I, I agree with that sentiment though, like that Guriel is such an X factor for this lineup that he can be, stu- you, you know, you talk about the lineup and who they have in it and Simeon and, and George Springer and, you know, obviously Vlad and Bo and Teoscar, like Kirk when he's going, Jansen when he's going. But like to say that Guriel is like the X factor, it's just like it just takes them to another level because you're getting down on the lineup and you're getting to like the six hitter and he's like one of the most dangerous and you can't throw him anything because he hits everything, you know, like – that's you know how do you get him out and then you've got the guys so if you've got you know Bo getting on or Vlad getting on or whoever getting on base and then you're getting down to the the, you know sixth or seventh spot in the lineup and you can't throw this guy anything because he hits everything Mm -hmm. uh like yeah it it totally it 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 makes the offense reach another level and that's exactly what we've kind of seen over this month you know you know what the average Runs per game the Blue Jays have scored in September. I can only imagine that the 22 spot has goosed <laughs> that up a bit, but I am excited for you to tell me. It's more than eight. Well, that's pretty good. It's when like you eight, score 44 eight. runs in like 24 hours. <laughs> that's crazy. That's a crazy offense. And it's so funny to to hear you say that Lourdes Gurriel has talked about simplifying because obviously he puts a ton of work in, but he doesn't seem... His approach doesn't seem like it's ultra complicated at the west at the worst of times. In that his swing is pretty simple and like he d- doesn't have a lot of moving pieces. It's no no bobichette. There's no bat wrap. None of that stuff. It's just like pretty direct to the ball, but it's direct to the ball uh, all the time. Like he will always. He just is so aggressive, and and I think that that really does make the Blue Jays really difficult to pitch against because. You don't even have to make a mistake, especially against a guy like Guriel, who who I know you've mentioned on this show many times before. All the other players and the t- folks around the team say like he's the best pure hitter around. His plate coverage is crazy. He it feels like he can get stuff in the other batter's box and drive <laughs> it with power and hook and pull it with power, which you know the the one of the best things of not best things. The thing that makes a guy like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. so dangerous and also Bobby Shedd is they have so much power the other way, right? And then we see, you see even see that with Kirk, right? Kirk has been hit, has hit a couple different home runs the other way, but Guriel is is a bit more of that, a bit more of the old school in terms of the old school. Jesus, six years ago when the Blue Jays were like just pulled crazy, right? Then Carnesian, Bautista, Donaldson, Russ Martin in particular were just like dead red, yank it down the line, hit it as far as they can to left field. But this team is a little bit has a little bit of a different dimension to it, maybe a little bit more of a reflection of, of 2021 even to, compared to 2015 and 2016 when things have changed so much. But it's really it's really something. We haven't even talked about Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is putting together one of like the three or four best offensive seasons in team history, who hit his mm-hmm. 44th home run uh, here on Sunday to uh, to tie or to take the lead from, from Otani. Tie. Ties Otani, who poor Shohei Otani, you'd almost think that he was full time as a hitter and a pitcher because he looks so dead tired right now. I've been, I've obviously I watch a lot of Otani and he doesn't look like himself. He looks tired. He mean he can run into one every so often and sell out for the fastball, but that poor son of a bitch is just running himself ragged doing the impossible. Uh, but man, just unbelievable and unbelievable as you said, eight runs a game, uh, uh, a team that nobody in their right mind whatever want to play more spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. So Robbie Ray didn't have a, didn't have the, his best stuff, didn't have a great outing, um, as, he, as he noted, and, and was really tight-lipped about it in like the kind of post-game uh, Zoom that they shared on TV, was that uh, he was like, well, they're not swinging at my slider, and that's all I'm going to say. So whether or not he's tipping, whether or not they picked up on something, whether or not they were somehow being able to share that information, not a great start. I'm a, maybe a little bit more concerned about Hyunjin Ryu, um, who, who I, I don't know, maybe it was discussed, maybe I, I, you, can, you can answer uh, when I sort of finish this backwards-ass question, but he came out after 80 pitches his last outing. He pitched very well, but was saying they threw a lot of cutters. There was a lot made about that. Ben Wagner was talking about that on the radio. And he threw a, lot, a ton of cutters, and then he had said that he was feeling some tightness in his elbow, and now he comes out and has a pretty rough start, one that maybe the hook didn't come early enough for some uh, folks who were watching at home and tweeting. But uh, any concern about Hyunjin Ryu uh, as he heads into his next outing, which uh, I guess he'll miss the Rays. It'll be the the, the Twins presumably the twins i don't know but what do you think any anything to be concerned about with Hyunjin Ryu for you um yeah i mean a little bit the numbers in august and september haven't been great i mean he did have the good outing against the yankees mm-hmm. um and then he just didn't have it against the orioles and that has been somewhat the story at least of the back half of ryu's season has just been um a lot of ups and downs, a lot of inconsistency, which is, you know, something we're not really used to seeing from him. I think um, prior, you know, 2019, he was really consistent. And, um, you know, 2020, he was obviously great for the Blue Jays. And so this is something we haven't really seen from him, not just as a Blue Jay, but like in recent years for him. So, um, you know, he just, it's a fine line with him, right? He doesn't, he the margin for error is pretty slim with him because he's not, he's not working with a lot of firepower there on the mound. So, you know, if he's missing his spots just by a little, like, you know, guys are just swinging at 90 mile an hour fastballs or maybe a little more than 90, but like, you know, like 91, 92, 93, like if he really gets up there, it's 93. Like, but you know, if he's missing his spots, if the changeup isn't working um, quite like it, 
can um yeah he can get hit hard and he's been previously pretty good at like getting out of jams and you know limiting damage and stuff like that like we've seen him do that quite a lot but um i think recently like he's just been not able to get out of those situations you know like it's just been one more one too many knocks one too many hard knocks you know giving up you know he gets in maybe a a a count like a three two count and you know he gives up a hit or whatever it may be so yeah a little bit concerned um you know you have I guess you wonder is it like fatigue is it because he hasn't played a full season in a while um the arm thing like sort of came up after his last start but um you know he said it's fine and he's there's no issue with it like if I would think that if there was something he you know could have not made his start. Like, I don't think the Blue Jays necessarily would have hesitated um, to do that if it was an arm thing, especially considering they had Ross Stripling um, available and they also had Tom Hatch available. So um, it would have been an, it would have been fine for the Blue Jays to do that. So I'm not entirely concerned about the arm, um, but I am more concerned just about the fact that he's not be, really being able to get into this zone um, lately. He does have – so I was right, miraculously, that it is the Twins that the Blue Jays will be playing after they conclude their three-game series against Tampa. Um, but there is an off day built in there. So if everybody continues on like the same sort of pattern, Hyunjin Ryu will get an extra day of rest, as I, as I counted ahead, um, depending on, on who – goes in Tampa Bay. And again, I think it should be what? It should be, be Barrio, Manoa and then Barrios. Is that right? Manoa, Barrios, and then Robbie Ray again with a day off and then Ryu, if I'm extrapolating correctly, which is entirely possible that it's wrong. I had somebody send me a message. They were like, who's going to pitch on the 29th? I got tickets to the game. And I was like, ooh, and I did some guessing. But uh, Hyunjin Ryu is, is a guy who has been known to uh, pitch a little bit better um, with a little bit uh, of extra rest at times. He has, uh, again, as a as the guy who who you know makes lots of money and wants to do the the things that he wants to do, um, have, was you know kind of turned down an extra day of rest, I believe, or just kind of had made sure that he lined up for a start against the Yankees not too far back, um, which is to his credit. But I think yeah, maybe an extra day of rest probably not the worst thing for for Hyunjin Ryu. Now, talking about rest, um, I think it was on this show, or it might have been just me in, out loud or something, uh, even on, on the radio. I said out loud at some point that I really hope the Blue Jays would run Nate Pearson out on the mound as often as possible. If that means he goes every other day, if that means they, you know, not, not to push him, I don't think they'll see him on back-to-backs. But I would say that the Blue Jays have absolutely done that. And, mm-hmm. you know, a couple, you know, home runs in that outing in, in New York, but hard not to be at least encouraged, I guess, by what we've seen from Nate Pearson and that he hasn't fallen on his face and like pitched as bad as can be. But um, I'm, I'm excited to see them just continue to, to run him out there. Seemed like it, it was in, Oh, it was in that Yankee series. That's right. It was Thursday night when there was the chance that, that they looked like he was going to come in with a three run lead, but it ended up being Jordan Romano, who of course pitched very well, but uh, I, I don't know. What do you think about what you've seen from Nate Pearson and also Julian Merriweather, who got kind of some mop up, work in here after not pitching super great on Friday night, but uh, two really important arms and guys that have a real, a real big chance to really lengthen and make the Blue Jays bullpen a a pretty formidable uh, thing to deal with. Yeah. I think, 
you know, I think you did say that on this podcast. I do recall you saying Nate's got to be out there every other day or something like that. Um, so I mean, you're exactly right. They've been doing that. Another factor was that the other day here, um, and excuse me, I'm obviously my mind is all jumbled right now and days and stuff, but um, I believe it was Saturday. It was, was it the second game or the first game? No, it was the first game where he pitched two innings. One of those games, he pitched two innings, right? And so that was also a pretty big step forward because um, they've obviously been very cautious about using Nate. And, you know, I still don't think we'll see him on back-to-back days. But to get him up to two innings, I think, was also a big, really step forward. And whatever game he pitched in, I don't remember. But anyway. Game one. He pitched the first game. Okay, that's what I thought. It was game one because he kind of kept – he he allowed for the Blue Jays – Blue Jays to continue to hang around, essentially, because I think he pitched two scoreless innings and he only allowed maybe a hit or two or, two or whatever. Was that is that correct? He allowed a, a hit and two walks. I believe the hit came in the first inning that he worked. Uh, I'm just going to double check now because it seemed like it was it was pretty good. Um, uh, single walk. Yeah, th- no, sorry. He gave up a hit in his first inning, and then he gave up a single and a, and a walk, and then a foul p- uh, through a wild pitch, um, and then they loaded the bases, and then he got out of it. They intentionally walked Cedric Mullins, mm-hmm. but uh, but uh, again, you can't. Re- he he was he looked um, he looked uh, super strong. Did I did I miscount that? Where's that extra? Oh, it was two. Yeah, two walks. One of the one hit. Two walks. One of them was intentional. So yeah, he get, he was really strong in his first inning, and then uh, a little bit of traffic on the bases, but still, like like you said, kept a minute, did the job. Uh, you know, they they, uh, they can't complain, obviously, about the way that that that, that game uh, uh, shook out, of course. But uh, really, and I think that's only his second big league win as well. He got the win in uh, the decision in that game, which is uh, good for him. Two mm-hmm. two career wins. ZRA now for as his career still just eking over six, but he's he's dragging it down little by little. I think the key for the Blue Jays right now and with Pearson is just to like continue to put him out there and continue to like let him, you know, challenge himself and let him get out of these spots. I think after that New York game where, yes, it was sort of uh, the Blue Jays were in control of that game and he gave up the two home runs. And even then it was not you know, super close and um, there was two outs already or whatever it was. And he got out of it. Like he didn't let it spiral. And you know, at Yankee stadium, it's, it could like the Yankees can hit or they can, well, they can't really hit, but they can run into some every now and then. And it's Yankee stadium. Like it's pretty easy to hit one out at Yankee stadium. Um, And obviously the Yankees batters would know that very well. So um, I, you know, I meant, you know, Charlie's very good after games when we're asking him some questions and maybe if we don't ask him a specific question about a specific person, he'll kind of go out of his way and say like, and I want to mention this and I want to mention this. And so I do remember after that game, he specifically mentioned, you know, he was impressed with Nate for the fact that he didn't let those two runs sort of like, unravel or like really um get him off track like he just came back and got the next out and and ended the game and it was you know a good win for them and it obviously secured uh the sweep um and so yeah for nate it's just like you know if he's getting into trouble um and you can you can spare it a little bit let him work out let him work out of that trouble you know what i mean and um and and on julian merriweather it's you know we haven't seen him much um yet and um so it's kind of too early to say they obviously seem pretty comfortable with the sort of collection of um you know trusted arms they have right now and not to say that like julian merriweather or nate pearson can't completely work themselves into 
the more like, you know, when we're leading games by smaller margins or, you know, when it's a tie game or whatever, like certainly they could work. But the the, the way it's working right now where you got Trevor Richards, Adam Simber, um, Joaquin Soria kind of had one bad outing recently in that Oakland game. Um Although they were winning that by a lot, so it didn't really matter. Um, and but he's been really he's been pretty good for them. And then you've got the Tim Meza and the Jordan Romano combination um, at the end. And so it's probably like more so a matter of like what you have is working and like why disrupt that order as opposed to like not wanting to give Julian Merriweather and Nate those opportunities. Um, I think if they earn them or if you need them and they kind of prove in the next couple of weeks they can do it, then yeah, they're going to be a factor. But I think right now just using them as they've been using them is good enough. And you, you know, you want to get them comfortable. I really like them also. It's just, they offer a different look and, and the Blue Jays bullpen uh, as it, as it is currently constructed, if, if you exclude them in terms of like the, the back end and lever, more leverage guys, you, you're throwing the real kitchen sink, right? You got Adam sink, Adam Simber coming in, coming in low, throwing in the eighties. You got uh, Trevor Richards, you know, throwing that, change up the Bugs Bunny change up and he just comes in and throws the ball right down the plate. It's 92 miles an hour, right down the middle. And then the change up is right there. Sometimes he's going to get hit, but it's a great look. Uh, you know, Joaquin Soria is very like, I would describe him as a wily veteran. It's like, again, mm-hmm. you're going to get all kinds of looks. He seems a little bit like the kind of guy who might even like screw around with his release point on you a little bit. And then of course, Jordan, then Jordan Romano throws super insanely hard. Um, but just having the ability to bring in, uh, Pearson and Merriweather just to like offset that. And it's like, if you're a team that's not seen them yet, you know, the race on Nate Pearson in the playoffs last year, but if you are, or especially if you're a fan, for example, and you're like, who are these Blue Jays in the, in the bullpen? And they're like, this, the guy in the sixth inning throws a hundred miles an hour. What the fuck is this? And then the next guy comes in and then he throws a hundred. And then the guy that comes in after him is throwing a sidearm. It's like, what is even going on? This Blue Jays bullpen is wacky. So no harm at all, obviously in, in bringing them along slowly, not necessarily feeding them into, into these, into the into high leverage situations because you've got you know as you mentioned Meza and Romano who are uh, the definitely the guys who've got that the eighth and ninth locked down. So I spot talk about the Rays. Look at the Rays coming up. Here's a crazy idea. After all this, we haven't even talked about the fact that the Blue Jays are now leading in the first leading the wild card. Tied. They're but but uh, they're tied with the Red Sox, but they're ahead because they are they're ahead in the life fewer losses. Red Sox have fewer have played two extra games. Red Sox have one more win, one more loss. Mm. So if it was, I think they and the Blue Jays hold the wild wild card or hold the hold the uh, the tiebreaker. Maybe anyway, if you look at the thing, it says Blue Jays are in second place in the American League East. So I don't, I'm not here for anything. I'll, I know no no technicalities. They are leading okay. the wild card. Why not go win the division? You know, you got mm. six against the Rays. Go win five of those. See what happens. How many? How many are they back? Nine, I think. <laughs> like I love a few. They're back a bit. <laughs> there, there's they're, some they're distance. They're back nine, yeah. No, I mean, look, win I don't. Six. I, I'm going to be the pessimist here and say no. The division is not happening. Um, I though I haven't studied the um, because I've been so preoccupied with the Blue Jays race and like what I think is the race they're in, which is the wild card that I've been studying, like the Yankees and the Boston and Seattle's mm-hmm. schedule. And so I, I don't know what actually Tampa Bay's upcoming schedule is, like how tough their schedule is, or if they can really just like sort of coast into winning the division. Like, I don't know if, I guess they don't have any games against the Baltimore Orioles left. Um, 
I I don't know if they have any more games against the Red Sox left. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think the division's happening. Maybe you're just being funny. I'm being uh, optimistic. Mm. I mean, because the wild card, so even though the Blue Jays right now, at the, as we speak, with the Yankees still in action against the Mets, um, uh, there is still a lot to be decided, a lot to be uh, played for. Uh, that wild card is still messy. So if you want to avoid the mess of the wild card, go in the division. Of course, it's a little bit late. There is nine game, they're nine games back with 19 to play. Uh, the Rays schedule, they have a series against the Tigers. Uh, four mm-hmm. games against the Tigers, six against the Blue Jays, three against the Marlins, and three against the Astros. So they close their season out, I believe. Is that the end of the season? No, they oh. have they close it out against the Yankees. Oh, they close it out against the Yankees with three against the Astros in between. So uh, unless the Blue Jays are able to win all six of those games, those games against the Astros will probably not be uh, for much. Um, I can imagine the Rays will do their very best to play, put out a good lineup when they are playing the Yankees at the end of the year, assuming that the Yankees are still embroiled in the wild card chase but uh yeah maybe wishful thinking but yeah why not go win the division and then that you know the last thing is that that scoreboard watching so uh have you have you in terms of your scoreboard watching and and wild card mathery have you ruled anybody out yet have you closed any tabs in your uh your 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 browser that has it's got how many tabs you got open in your browser at any one time are you are you a tabs person are you like a million tabs at a time not a million. I don't no. get. I don't get up to. I I just oh I have tabs that I'm using at the time. I don't like to have too many. I'm almost afraid my computer is gonna like explode or something. Mm. Um. So, but I get up. I get up to like eight or nine though, probably. Um. I got nineteen and, open right now. Yeah. No, that's not not for me. They're not um, all mine. <laughs> the best. There's no feeling. You know this feeling as well as anyone who's ever written anything in their life is that the feeling when you f- write, you submit. It's live, then you can go and close down all those tabs that you had open that were associated with that piece. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a wonderful feeling. Also, there's it a great is. there's a great tool that I use called OneTab. That's a great way to save tabs without running your computer ragged by setting them aside, but also not having them open and, and valid in Chrome. It's a great thing. Anyway, uh, you have you, are you ready to shut the door on anybody yet? Um, I I mean I think the A's and the Mariners are probably not going to pull it off. Um. The they've just been having some inconsistencies. I think the A's bullpen is just um, unreliable right now. They lost to Texas today. I think they lost. Maybe they lost two a of, series to the te- yeah. They to lost. Texas. They lost two of three to Texas, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think Seattle lost to the Diamondbacks today. They did. Um, they lost five four. Lost a one run game. Can you believe it? I thought they were magic. I know. I didn't think it was possible. So, um, you know, that's, you know, good thing for the Blue Jays because it creates some distance. Um, I don't think on – we're recording on September uh, 12th. I don't know that I'm ready to close the door completely on any of those teams, though I still – I think that um, it's probably shaping up to come down to the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays. And I think that's, like, what we all thought – um, even heading into the season, like I think when people were making their predictions and like trying to guess, you know, who would finish where and all that thing, like a lot of people said, like, I think the two wild cards are going to come out of the AL East. Like um, that was pretty common. Um, the A's have a way of hanging around. And Jason Stark wrote a piece a couple weeks ago now, like he was writing a couple pieces. Or, sorry, he wrote a couple weeks ago 
I think to, to start the month, just like looking at all the races and all this kind of stuff. And like, he wrote about the AL East and he had a quote from like an anonymous exec, um, baseball executive. And this person said that he thought the blue Jays had one more run in them. So obviously he knew something. And, um, he also said he thought the A's would hang around. So, Mm. you know, maybe the A's will hang around. I don't know that they'll hang around so much that they, insert themselves into the race or if they just you know don't have the consistency in their bullpen so like they're in a place where they're like you know winning one then losing two and then winning two and then losing one kind of thing like i don't know Mm -hmm. if they have a run left in them and they have a tough schedule i know they have a tough schedule uh i think they're playing the mariners a bunch houston a bunch um and so yeah i i do think it's kind of looking like it will be the boston red sox the yankees and the blue jays fighting for those two spots um what about you? What are you thinking? I think the A's are done. I think mm-hmm. the A's are done. They they are just there are there are not enough games and too many teams between the A's and the and the thing right now. Uh, the uh, the A's are a better team, I think, than Seattle. But Seattle has just been able to like keep that devil magic going for long enough that um, it's a great. If you're a Mariners fan, it's a fun season and it, it's it's been a real surprise because they are. Um, you know, as much has been made about the, they're just their unbelievable run of good fortune or clutch or however you want to describe it. Um, so if you're a Mariners fan, it's probably been a great season. I, I wouldn't count them out just because of that, just because if they can keep that cluster luck going, um, it's going to be time. You know what? I've said this so many times on it, but I don't just like at some point, I really think that the Red Sox are, are going to like, the bottom is going to fall out. <laughs> They're getting close. They're getting they, close. They've got, they got so many people that have COVID. Mm-hmm. They are, guys are getting hurt. Uh, they just, like, it just, it, it feels like it's been teetering for weeks. <laughs> I know. Which makes me think it's actually pretty impressive that it hasn't happened yet. Like, I think that's kind of what our Red Sox writers were writing a little bit is like, they did have that run there where they were winning kind of despite the odds and stuff like that. And, now they they lost today. They got walked off, I think, against Chicago, which Chicago almost blew that game. Craig Kimball it was not one, having a good time. It, it was one nothing going into the ninth, in, into the top of the ninth, and then uh, Kimball blew the save by with Tony Larusa putting him out there three days in a row. Which is I don't know if what if Liam Hendricks is still alive. If they put him on a boat back to Australia or something, God only knows. But uh, uh, I don't know the exact details, but. And then, and then the uh, Lurie, Gar- Lurie Garcia walked off Garrett Whitlock and the Red Sox, which uh, Blue Jays, longtime Blue Jays uh, target Lurie Garcia. No, I don't know, but good for him. Uh, but yeah, like this, uh, I, I won't believe the Red Sox are, are done until they're done. But like, it just, it just feels like, like I can't believe it's still like they're still hanging around. And the Yankees, the Yankees too, in their own way, right? They, but I feel like the Yankees, the Yankees struggles seem so surprising, while the Red Sox success seems surprising. The Yankees are <laughs> such a good team; they've got so many good players. You know, people have been chirping me about Joey Gallo being like, "Oh, you wanted them to acquire this bum?" I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely, 100 percent." Didn't change a thing. Um, but uh, yeah, the Yankees are just—it's it, a weird race. Uh, I, I don't know. We we don't have to get into the playoff probability uh, 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 <laughs> discourse right yeah. now, but the the thing to remember is like those numbers are. I, I was looking at. I mean, trying to trying to contextualize them so that if some people when people ask, you can understand what they mean. 
you know, Fangraphs has a bunch of different ways that they calculate the playoff probability. One of them is based on their depth charts, which are always updated, which are which like they feed playing time uh, uh, information into. So, like, what are the chances that it's going to be Danny Jansen versus Alejandro Kirk versus who else is playing? And they go each game and they use the the the, the lineup that they've built and they basically simulate the game. I think ten thousand times. It's like how many times yeah. will the Blue Jays win that game? And they do that. There's a there's a coin flip method too, where they just say every single game, just flip a coin. Like what are the what's the chance of this 50-50? Which team wins? Totally uh removed from the talent on hand. So uh the improbable has happened, I think, is the is the bottom line. The reason the Blue Jays mm-hmm. playoff probability was so low and now has shot up so high is number one, there are two spots for all these different teams. So it's not like there's only one team can get in. So there's lots of different outcomes that could see all, you know, two of the three teams getting in. That's why at one point it was like all th- the Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Yankees all had more than 50% chance of getting in because there's two, there's two spots. The other thing is that, uh, the improbable has happened. Like, what, what did you say? They're 11 and one in September. Yeah. That's improbable, not and impossible, like- but improbable. But then like to reverse it, like, I mean, what are the Yankees in September? Like they've got to be. I don't know exactly what they are, but it's not good. Have they <laughs> like won three games of their last 12 or or, or, or so? Yeah. Like they won 13 in a row, which is, again, improbable. And then they've gone stone cold. So none of these things are impossible, but they are improbable. It doesn't mean, mean that they weren't going to happen, but they, are, they have happened. So here we are. Getting into the middle of September, the Blue Jays are, you, you could even go as far as say they control their own destiny in that they just have to win more games then the Red Sox and the Yankees, one of those two teams, and they'll be in to the 2021 postseason, which is uh, if you told if you went back and told like three weeks ago, Caitlin and Drew, that this was going to happen when we were down in the dumps and like, oh, it was the Eeyore hours around here. But now it's all exciting. What kind of exciting things can the people look to you to get? What do you got for them, Caitlin? Coming up okay. on the athletic. Before that, okay. I just want to—I just want to redeem myself and us. Is that I did the math this mm-hmm. time ahead of time. We we, <laughs> yes, thank you. So you so and I butchered fail- the math a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even though I did actually indeed take grade twelve calculus. Don't ask me how I did. Not very well, but um, math isn't my strong suit anyway. But I figured it out. Well, I think I figured it out. Um, so the 19 games left, they're at 80 wins. You want to get to 91 wins, you got to win 11 games. You have eight losses, right? 11, 11 and, eight. and eight. 11 and eight, and consider they have 10 games against left against the Twins and the Orioles. They have seven against the Twins, three against the Orioles, um, then the six against the Rays, and then the three against the Yankees. So that those now, again, going back to probability, like is it you know probable that they'll win – 10 of those games against um, the Twins and Baltimore? No, probably not. But certainly they can win the majority of those games, right? And then, you know, if you, you you were just kind of doing the math there. So if you win however many against the Twins and you just got to win a few more against the Rays and the Yankees. And, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, the, Yan- the Blue Jays could go 0-6 against Tampa and still have a good shot at getting into the postseason. I don't think they'll, I don't think they will get, I don't think they'll go 0 and 6 against Tampa because they they actually always play Tampa pretty well. I know Tampa's a good team, but they play Tampa well. Um and they haven't and another sort of factor is that Tampa has not played at the Rogers Center in a while. And I think the Blue Jays 
play really well at the Rogers Center or they've been playing really well at the Rogers Center. And like you think back to like some of those um, Rays series early in the season and they were in Dunedin and like that was, you know, a bad scene for the Blue Jays. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm actually really intrigued to see this, especially this three game series at home and uh, mm. how they do. So I think we redeemed ourselves with the math as long as, yeah, the math, you're, I would you're say checking. The, 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 my, my, the part, my biggest failing with the math was not, just confirming how many games they in fact had left and then using the numbers that we had were at, we were acting upon the numbers. I wasn't, I didn't even bother to think like 17 and seven. Is that 26? No, that's not 26. That's 24. (laughs) Nonetheless, two things I I will say. Number one, um, they have all these games left against the Orioles, a team that I was railing against, you know, half an hour ago being a disgrace. So I am very wary of them coming back and then, (laughs) and then like making me eat those words by playing well the next time the two teams meet. The other thing that I will say is that here's my, my baseless garbage, like talk radio, uh, 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 take my, my hot take, my cold takes exposed, ready to happen. If the blue Jays go three and three against the Rays, three and three or better, they will make the playoffs 100%. That's my my bold prediction. If they go three and three against the Rays, they're in. So. I, I I actually have thought that. Like I would agree with that hundred percent. Like, um, and it's not out, it's not out of the realm of probability that they would go three and three because the last time they played the Rays uh, over six games in a short window of time in July, they went three and three. Um, so it would kind of mirror what they done what these two teams have done like i said they play each other pretty well they play each other tightly um the blue jays are a better team now than they played the rays last time their pitching is better they got jose barrios they have a better bullpen um the offense has come around um so they're a better team now i I mean is tampa a better team maybe a little bit but i think um wander franco will not be playing because he's on the il so that's also um you know an opportunity for the blue jays especially to take advantage in that three game series coming up this week, um, you know, they're not going to have one of their best players in the lineup. So if you can, you know, if you can get two of your win, two of the three wins you need this week, you're looking really good. You are looking super good. And if you're a Blue Jays fan, it is something to definitely look forward to. I hope Blue Jays fans can enjoy this series against the Rays. That's hard to do. Most people do not enjoy series series against the Rays, but let's give it a shot. Her name is Caitlin McGrath. My name is Drew Fairservice. Enjoy the week. Talk to you next time on Spin. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.